Hey everybody, welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. I'm Mary. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. I'm Mary. Mary, please. It's going to take all night. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. No, I'm Tom. You're Mary. This is our show. <laughs> We've been keeping busy. Uh, the last while, we just had a game come out, which was Horse and Musket, Sport of Kings. And people have bought that, and some people have started to receive their copies, and they seem to like them. So, that's a good sign. It's, we generally want people to like the games that we publish. It's a good uh, business strategy we have there. Yeah, it's publishing people. an excellent business strategy. I'm glad you came up with it, Mayor. Did I? Oh, wow. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, people seem to be liking the special scenario cards that come with the game that give you uh, a reminder of the scenario rules for Volume 1 and Volume 2, as well as the four-page pack. That's our second game to have a four-page player aid card, where you know you open the card, you got charts on the inside and on the outside and whatnot. We also did that for Charlemagne, and that seems to be very well received for both those games. So we're going to try to do that for more of our titles when it's warranted. Mm. Who's down there? Hi, sweetheart. How's my monster girl? Hi. Hi. Monster's going to her uh, doctor appointment tomorrow. She's been on uh, hyperthyroid medication for the last month? Two months. Month and a half. Yeah. Month and a half. No. Three months. Three months? Three months. Oh, my God. Wow. Well... Every day for me is Saturday. So yes. I get to stay home every day. So yeah. I don't really have a good yeah, sense that's, that's, of time. I always say every day is Saturday. And he steals it all the time. All my good stuff he's stolen. <laughs> I don't steal <laughs> your stuff. It's But every day is Saturday. For both of us. Yep. But I don't know if every day is Saturday. I mean, it is. But it's almost like every day is, is Monday, too. Because we're... We work all we're the time. All, we work seven days a week. Yeah. So. We just don't have to leave the house. Every day is a day. Yeah. Which is nice, you know, to work at home instead of working 30 miles away. Yeah. We actually got a lot done, though. Um, very recently, we got the next three games. Now, we have the Tailbales expansion coming out in a week or so. But the next three games, we just turned in the, the files to our printer to get our proof copies. And that's going to see us through to the end of March. That's uh, Boom and Zoom. That's a Thai Bomba game. Uh, Hood's Last Gamble, which is a John Tyson game. And then a Great Heathen Army from some doofus named Tom Russell. And uh, so those we have, have those done. We had them done kind of ahead of schedule because there was a while there where we were kind of ahead of schedule. When we started, we were ahead of schedule because when we started the company, we had the first five games ready. At a certain point, you know, we had less of a buffer and less of a buffer, and then we were kind of like trying to. We were getting the game finished two or three weeks before it was going to come out, and um, now we're we have these games finished, and we have you know the next game we're working on is coming out in April, like middle of April. So um, yeah, but we have a pile of um, things we have to get on the table. Yes, uh, we actually got a. I'm, I'm not waiting for the next... I want to get going on the next thing that we actually have scheduled. Yeah, and we're doing that. I don't, I don't want to wait till 
March. Well, we just got the art uh, from the the map from the artist, and we're we're working on some counter art, so we're doing pretty well with that. And then it's just going through the rule book and laying it out. We've been doing testing of it all along. And we've also been doing testing on NATO Air Commander. We're not sure when that's coming out precisely, but we're about ready to start phase two of that. I just spent most of the weekend putting together a vassal module for that, a new vassal module with the changes incorporated and with uh, nicer-looking counters and that. And I hope so. Yes, you did. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. But it, it was a chore, though. I don't, and I'm not really fluent in Vassal. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not as difficult as programming because back in the day, I used to try to make video games and I'd do programming and I'd be terrible at it and be putting all these lines of code to do something that someone else could code very, very quickly and very smoothly. Uh, which is why I got out of video games and got into the board games. Uh, eventually, was because it was so much easier to implement, implement changes in board games than in video games. So building a vassal mod is not as difficult as building a computer game, but for me it was still pretty difficult. There still was a lot of uh, stuff and nonsense, and why doesn't this work? Okay, I did that, now why doesn't this work? Why? How does this not work? So we'll be able to roll that out in a couple of weeks, hopefully, and start the next phase of testing. And I really enjoyed, I'm really happy that we're able to get so many testers, because we got a lot of volunteers from NATO Air Commander. Oh, yeah. Uh, early on, we put out the call for testers, didn't get as many testers, didn't get stuff on the table as often, and now we're getting more people who are willing to put in the time, which thank you very much for putting in that time, guys. And we always try to be respectful of that time. One thing I hear a lot uh, from people who work as playtesters for other publishers is they get a game, and two days later there's this change, and the next day there's that change. There's all these little changes that keep continuously rolling out. And that just causes a lot of fatigue and exhaustion and burnout. And we really want to avoid that at all costs. So the thing we do is we roll out a stable version. And even if it turns out in testing that there are problems with that, we keep it stable while we're collecting data, while we're in that phase of testing. And then we go ahead and we we make changes and roll it out for the next phase so many weeks later. So they're not rereading the rules every two days. And it's not a matter of trying to remember, well, this was that version, that was this version. So that's something we try to do uh, with testing both internally and externally. And it seems to work out pretty well for us. So really, in general, uh, because we've been successful, we're able to have longer development cycles on some of these games, which is helping us deliver better and better games. I concur. And like you said, we have a stack of games we have to get through some uh, submissions from designers. Within the last month, we got several different games in from people, some of which we've been waiting to get from people, sometimes a year or more. And now that we have a little bit of breathing space for our next few releases, we're able to dig into those games. Now, I will say uh, my number one suggestion to people who are submitting games to publishers is to have a physical prototype that you can send to them. It makes it so much easier for them to get it on the table because I, I have a couple of games to test where, where they send us a, a game in the mail and I can get those right on the table. You know, and we can play them right away. Whereas uh, if the game is just uh, some files to print and play, then we got to print them up. Mary has to cut out the counters because I can't be trusted with scissors. Then we assemble the game and then we play it. Time it takes to assemble the game, it's not 
an excessive amount of time. It gives you reason to put things off. It makes it hard to get the game on the table. So I would say if at all possible, if you can provide a physical copy or even a vassal module of a game, uh, though I know how hard it is to together a vassal mod, um, but if you can do that, it's so much easier for a publisher to get it on the table and evaluate the game. Uh, it doesn't need to be a pretty prototype either. I remember hearing from other designers who were talking about spending $1,500 to have a prototype made, and it's, especially for a war game... I think you, some people have spent a lot more than that. Some have. But for a war game, I mean, you need a map. You need counters, which those aren't super hard to make. Generally, what we do with our counters is we print up a couple sticker sheets. Uh, they're, they're full page adhesive labels. We stick them on the back and front of some uh, cereal box cardboard. Uh, Mary cuts them out, and we have counters. Previously, we were gluing counters before we got to the cardstock, and we were yeah, gluing I, it to... I didn't do bad with that, but oh. I prefer sticking them with the um, sticker paper. Um, I do a better job getting those aligned. The uh, I don't know, the glue... That was difficult. I did. I didn't do a bad job. No, you did a really good job with it. But boy, when they were off, they were off. And of course, it takes time for the glue um, to dry. And which we had a few times there when it sat and it sat, and then when we went to get it, it still hadn't dried, and it was sticking to the um, papers that we had in between. Yeah, it was a real mess. So it's not. You don't need something that's really gorgeous looking prototype you don't need to be an artist i think euro game co- euro game companies want better looking prototypes they don't have to be perfect they don't have to be you know the final art and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff but they want it better looking than i think what war game companies <laughs> war game companies will put up with a lot i mean some of the art Working companies put out on the final product is worse than a prototype. So I mean, it's it's you know it's functional more than anything else. Uh, I remember when I was trying to pitch games to Euro publishers, and I remember going to pitch the Banana Game, which was the game I designed about the banana industry uh, during the time that Panama disease was ravaging the Grow Michelle banana. Um, That's the the Big Mike banana. Yeah. Which you see in old movies, you see any old old movies from the twenties or thirties, and you see them on the docks with those great big, huge bunches, I guess, of bananas. Those are the Gros Michel or Big Mike. Whereas today's banana is mostly the Cavendish. Yeah. And fun fact. Yeah. The banana flavoring uh, that you can get in the store to add to cakes or cookies or whatever. And people are always complaining it doesn't taste like a banana. It doesn't taste like a Cavendish, which is what we have now. It tastes like a Big Mike, which is what they had back uh, from the 50s and before. So whenever the they came up with banana flavoring, they were trying to imitate the Big Mike. So they never bothered to change it to the Cavendish when when the Cavendish took over in the 60s. 
I would say the game of bananas had a lot of problems. One is that it doesn't really engage with the history of the banana industry, because if you know anything about the banana industry, it's really dark. It's really awful, dehumanizing stuff. And to not engage with it, I, I, I don't think that's morally justified. So United Fruit. Yes. So if I was to do a game about bananas today, and I do have a rough idea for a game about bananas... It really would need to engage with that history. Whereas this previous game I'm talking about was just rolling dice to see if your bananas got wiped out or not. And I took it to a publisher to pitch it. And we just had prototype art. There was nothing special about the art. It was just something I did up in in Photoshop. But I had printed it at... um, Kinko's. Kinko's. Had put it on some poster board. And that just wowed the guy. Like... You know, most guys come in with with a napkin, you know, or a little, little sketch. This actually looks like a game. So, I mean, have some... The point is, you don't need to go over the top or need the, the most professional art. You just need to come across as a professional, that you take it seriously and you took time with it. Not so much that you went and hired an artist to do art for your game that you don't have a publisher for yet. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do that. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye for now. Why isn't it turning off? Keep hitting the... Oh, there it is.